Hey everyone, my name is Drake and I'm the host of the Drake Martinez podcast. This is my podcast and I'm pretty much going to be shoot from the hip. I'm going to have new episodes coming out every Friday. So stay tuned for that. If you're into music, if you're into current events, politics, um, music history, uh, history in general, this is going to be the podcast for you. Probably have some friends and family on during some of the episodes and maybe some of the episodes will just be a lot like this with me just you know talking about what's on my mind and saying things that are relevant to what's going on in the world today so a little bit of background about me i um i grew up in boston and um without telling you how old i am you know back when i was growing up there wasn't really any internet and um you know me and my friends played outside pretty much from the time that like school got out all the way into like sunset until like a little while after. And, um, you know, we just like, we played games. We, you know, we had video games back then, but not really, it wasn't really like, you know, that cool to be sitting around inside all like playing video games all the time. But, you know, for the longest time, I have always been into music. And I want to say like ever since I was in like middle school, which was like around the time that like Blink-182 became really popular. And, um... Corn was Corn was a really big band back then, really popular. Limp Biscuit, you know, and back then, like, I was actually like more into like rap, like the rap back then that was really like really popular was like Puff Daddy. I'm pretty sure back then he was called Puff Daddy. I'm not really sure, like I know he's like Diddy or whatever, but back then he was called Puff Daddy, and it was like right around the time, maybe a couple years after Biggie Smalls got killed. And um, Tupac got killed. And uh, so I was, like, really into, like, Puff Daddy, um, Nas, uh, who else? Mace. A lot of those kinds of guys from, like, Bad Boy Records and things like that. So, you know, me and my cousin were really into that. And I grew up, like, in mostly, like, a black Hispanic neighborhood in Boston. And But, you know, when I heard Blink-182, I was like, you know, I really love this kind of music, man. This music's so cool. But... You know, none of my friends really liked that kind of stuff. So it was like kind of like what we back then would like people would be like, oh, that's white people music. But I was like, you know, I can't really help it, man. I really love white people music. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would de- deny it to myself for a long time and just n- until I just couldn't anymore. And I think I remember like I saw like Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar on TV. And that kind of just like blew my mind because like in my neighborhood, like, you know, white people played instruments and like black people and Hispanic people um, played, you know, you know, did hip hop and rap, you know, and DJing. And that was like how things were. So I was like, hey, mom, like I didn't know like black and Hispanic people played guitar. guitar. And she was like, oh, yeah, honey, like, you know, Hendrix played guitar and like Santana. There's tons of people. She's like, do you want to play guitar? And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. So not that long afterwards, she took me to, um, in Boston, we had this place called Daddy's Junkie Music or Daddy's Music Junkie, something like that. And um, it was like pretty much like a local guitar center, you know, like a, just a music shop and they had lessons. So one of my gr- teachers, a great a great guy named uh, Nick Vecchio was my guitar teacher and I took like one or two lessons with him and then like my first guitar lesson you know, because I saw Hendrix play the guitar with like the like a lefty style, I thought like that's how you played, and I thought that you played by like moving the tuning pegs. So I was like moving the tuning pegs, and then um, I brought my guitar in, and he was like, "Hey, 
what's up, man? Nice to meet you. And right away, I just felt comfortable. And he was like, he said, well, let me see your guitar. Let's make sure you're in tune. So he was like, he was like, man, some moron, like, really got this thing out of tune. And I was like, oh, that wasn't, that totally wasn't me. But, you know, the years went on. And then my, maybe like two or three lessons after that, my brother came in and I convinced my brother. I was like, you know, he's like one year, he's literally like 13 months younger than I am. And I was like, bro, let's um let's do a band. Instead of playing guitar, play bass guitar. And that ended up being actually probably one of the best decisions of our lives. You know, my selfish, like, hey, don't do the glory, don't take the glory and play guitar, you know, play bass guitar was like probably one of the best decisions for us because we learned to play music. And I think that's like the one thing or one of the main things that a lot of people learning to play guitar or bass guitar or things things like that, like they, you know, I was definitely there back then, which is like you're thinking about playing the instrument and you're not playing about, you're not thinking about playing music on the instrument. And I think that's the, that's when you start to really progress in your musicianship is when you're like, this is just a medium in order for me to make music. And I'm not just playing the instrument. The instrument is my connection to be able to make music. Um, but anyways, back then, we were still getting the hang of things. And we were doing our best Blink-182 impression. And um, we saw, like, we were like, hey, let's find, oh, now God, do now let's find a drummer. So we posted up an ad. And the ad, um, like, got responded to, like, right away. And it was by this awesome dude named uh, Mike. I'm not going to say his uh, last name, uh, but he's pretty much like a really, really super talented multi-instrumentalist. He's probably touring with like major bands right now. Um, but, you know, Mike it was, is such, was such a sound, super talented musician. And then like we just grew exponentially like working with him. You know, mind you, back then I'm like 12. My brother's like 11. And it didn't really take us too long before we got our first album like completed i wouldn't say it was like published because it was just like a demo it was just like on a cd that we did like on a on a eight track or whatever but we ended up paying some guy like maybe like 120 bucks or 100 like 200 bucks or whatever and he you know recorded and you know like mixed and mastered the uh the 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 cd the demo for us but it never went anywhere but that was our last album our our band back then was probably called like stealth 115 like a total Blink-182 ripoff. And our album name was actually kind of cool. It was called like Melanc- uh, The Melancholy Turtle or something like that. I don't remember. It was something like that. It was like a melancholy turtle. It was a really sad turtle. But that, and then, you know, life sort of like took a lot of like weird turns for me um, in particular. Like, you know, my mom had cancer and... um you know, I started working all the time and I I took the role of being like the oldest, the eldest son, like really, you know, to heart. And um, I kind of put my dreams on hold to take care of my family. And, um, and then like, I was like, so kind of like, just like depressed about it back then. And um, because my mom was sick and then like, I'm putting my, my dreams of playing music on hold. And it really made me like a really angry young person. It was like not a good place to be. And at a certain point, you know, I started having, this is, mind you, this is like the height of the Iraq war. It's like probably like 2005. It's like right when I'm, at this point I'm graduating from high school. 
And, you know, I'm still playing guitar, but like I'm not playing in bands anymore. My brother started transitioning to playing in more bands and he started transitioning to playing the guitar primarily. So he had a very super amazing foundation of, of a bass guitarist, but started becoming a really, really talented guitar player and songwriter. He was always, almost from day one, he was a very talented songwriter. The first album was a lot of him. I, I could like write riffs and write like parts, but he could write songs, you know? And, um, so like we we always had such great times together and um he started playing in more and more bands and started like really really progressing and there I wasn't you know I was working primarily and um I'd say it wasn't until like I got to after college because um my brother was like hey bro let's like let's start just like jamming so we started jamming and um and then that became like a, a thing that we like started to to like create our own sound that was like a lot of like funk and like alternative rock. And that was like sort of like the beginning of like a project that we started calling the Water Bear. And um I took we took the Water Bear to the West Coast. We we left Boston and moved to Los Angeles after like things just like started moving towards a you know, like kind of just like a dead end. We were just like, hey, you know what, we've been here for a long time. Let's Let's move on and do something fun. Let's do something. Let's do something new. And I realized like I had like a lot of friends um, on the East Coast that were from like the West Coast or from the Midwest or the South or the Pacific Northwest, and they all came to Boston for like for growth. And I was like, you know what? That's something that like I really think that I should do is leave my hometown, go someplace new, and start a new life. And that ended up being an amazing decision. So I think around like 2013, 2012, somewhere around there me and my brother moved to Los Angeles, California from Boston. And that was a great decision. I started playing in a lot more bands. I started doing a lot more projects, studio work, a lot of shows and a lot of rehearsals for music that like, I didn't really even like, wasn't really that much of a fan of like, like pop. And, um, you know, I, I'm actually a big fan of like math rock, but like, I wouldn't say it's like my forte. I'd say my forte is like funk r&b like soul and like like that kind of stuff but you know not math rock and not like like tool kind of like hardcore metal like rock i guess math i guess uh, like tool kind of stuff but those years went on and um and then ended up you know having some good years and some bad years and um joined the military and then covid and now I'm getting towards the end of my contract and things are starting to wind down. So I started an album um, with, a, with a friend from, um, from my military service and act, on active duty. And then um, a person that's local here in San Diego where I live. And, or where I'm stationed rather, but this is where me and my wife are going to be living. Um, where we do live now, but you know we're looking for a house and whatnot. So yeah, the... Um, the band sort of like picked up where my old band with my brother left off and we took the sound that my brother and I developed and I made it my own. I further like, just like made it my own and, um, and then made, you know, some songs with it. And, and then I went to go publish on DistroKid just to kind of like see what would happen. I was like, I'm not ready to publish, but I just want to do like a mock run to see like how this works. So then it got to the bottom and it was like record label. And I was like, well, I don't have a record label. And I said, just make one up. 
And I was like, man, if I can just make up a record label. I mean, it literally says that on DistroKid. So for those of y'all that don't know what DistroKid is, it's an amazing uh, distribution service where let's say you're an independent artist and you want your music to go out to Spotify, iTunes. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Let's say you want your music to go out to Spotify, Apple, um, Tidal, all these like major um, plat uh, music platforms, uh, streaming platforms. You don't have to like individually go in and do them and like figure out all that kind of stuff. You just make a DistroKid account and they will distribute it for you and everything will be pretty much like streamlined. The only thing that's not going to be streamlined is like your artist like profile and bio. For that, you're gonna to have to go into those individual accounts once you've got once you've been distributed, and have them set up. And the amazing thing is, it's also gonna get you on like, um, social media uh, accounts like, like um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, so that people that are making reels can use your music, and your music might catch on. You might you, like I know that like some of the music that I published got used on reels. My song Foosball in Mexico got used on a reel. Um, you know, and then my, my dog has a really popular um, Instagram account. She's a corgi, so people go crazy for her. And um, a lot of those videos have gone, like, super popular. Um, and, you know, so you can have your music on there, too, and you get, like, basically, like, views and points or, you know, views and... Um, credit for the audio that is that that people are using to make the reels that they're using your songs or if you're using um, your songs and reels that go that go big um, so yeah you'll get that credit for that which is which is really cool and it'll get distributed throughout the whole thing so I guess it would be like a plug for for district okay they're not paying me any money if anything I'm paying them I pay them like I think it's like 70 bucks a year for that service but it's super worth it um, it saves you a lot of time saves you uh, a lot of money and I think in the long run and then it's also like a great way to make passive income so that once your stuff's distributed um, and published then like you can you're, you're making royalties on that on the, um, on your published art at that point so that was a really unique experience for me and then like so you know I'm in like my late like mid 30s at this point and I finally was able to do what I've always wanted to do which was publish an album. And I did the instruments, the performance, the lyrics, vocals, the audio engineering, the production, like producing, recording, all that stuff, mixing, mastering. So I'm really proud of the work. Um, I learned a lot. I learned like a, a lot about that process, but then also like what I would do differently in the future. So look out for that. That's going to be on the LP. So my band is called, again, The Water Bear. And then the album that we just uh, released is called Fujiwara Effect. F-U-J-I-W-A-R-A. And then E-F-F-E-C-T. That's a Fujiwara Effect by The Water Bear. It's on Spotify, Apple, all that kind of stuff. Anyways, enough with the shameless plugging. Let's get back into like music. So now that I'm done introducing myself and letting you know like who I am, um, you know, as far as like, you know, we already discussed like my instruments and all that kind of stuff, a little bit, you know, a, a lot about who I am, where I grew up, my involvement in music, all that kind of stuff, you know, owner of uh, a record label, small, a very small record label, 
And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm super thrilled with where I'm at in life. And I thought I would do this podcast to kind of share where I've been, what I'm doing, and um, where I think a lot of musicians will will gain from my personal experiences. So I'm going to kind of like end this podcast with a one of those major things. And then, so this first podcast will be like brief intro as to like who I am, you know, why you could, why you should or could possibly care about what I have to say. And one thing that I've learned over the years that I think any musician can really benefit from. And I think if you've, if you listen to my story, what you'd understand is that it's never too late. You know, is my album going to be like an overnight success? Probably not. Do I really care? No, I don't. I did I did the publishing for this album and did all this work for it for so many years because I wanted to, because it was fun, because whether or not I make money from it is not important. What is important, I'm not going to take money, I'm not going to say no to money. You know, money is power. Money is uh, freedom. Actually, it's more f- like freedom than power. But the, it's it's the power and the freedom to do what you want in life, and that's an amazing thing. But I make I make that regardless because of my job. You know, I make I make decent money doing my job. You know, I'm not like super wealthy, but I'm not broke, so I'm in a good spot. Well, I'll say no to money, more money, no, but. Regardless if this album makes money or not, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do another one. I'm probably going to do a couple more other a couple more projects. I'm probably going to do another one that's like reggae. And I'm probably going to do another one that's like Christian reggae. And um that's just because that's what I love to do. And I encourage anybody out there that is really into music and is like, "Well, it's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make any money off it. I don't know." Stop worrying about that and just do it. Just do it because you love it. You know, network with people. Learn new skills. Pick up another instrument, you know, and really just make it your own and have fun with it. For so many years, I was so worried about money, about not making money doing this and supporting myself, that it was just wasted time. It was time that I wasted where I could have just been having fun with it. And thank God that I'm at a place now where I'm having fun with it. And I do so much work for it. Um, not because I think like it's going to blow up, but because it's so much fun. It's so much fun to like, to create music, you know, and to be so expressive and to excel at your instrument and to learn new ones and to compose a song. And to put all of that onto a piece of art, like an audio file that people from all around the world can listen to. You know, I'm super proud of like the fact that like I look on my Spotify and it's like 10, like people from 10 different countries have listened to it. It's not a whole lot of people, but it's cool, man. It's so cool to see. Like all of this stuff, dude, is so amazing. The way that technology and streaming services had brought have made the world and like the unobtainable like so much closer to 
like the just the individual musician, like the independent in- musician that's like trying to make things go. Um, it reminds me a lot of like the Dave Grohl book that I read. Uh, I think it's like Storyteller, Dave Grohl, the Storyteller. I really, I really recommend this book if you haven't read it. And Dave Grohl sort of has the same epith or very similar epiphany when he was um, at a local punk music shop, uh, sh- show when he went to Chicago as a young as a young man. He's probably like 13, 14 years old, probably 12 around there. And he saw punk rockers just doing everything themselves, you know, making their own demos, booking their own shows, like kids, 13, 14 year old kids in Chicago, like doing all this. And then like their, their, their music was getting spread all around Chicago and like all around the country actually, because of like underground music. And then like, I think streaming services like Spotify, like, you know, Utilizing like Facebook for promotion, Instagram, like Twitter, all these things have made this this world that was like the 90s of like TRL, MTV, um, Live Nation, like all these things that made big music like so unattainable has brought that closer and has made that like so much more of a realistic goal for every independent artist out there that you can do it with a little bit of time and effort and money. You can get your art out there and you, it might not pick it up. It might not pick up. Who cares? Still just do it. Just have fun with it. I really can't express like how much fun it's been. Um, and if I get like 10, 20 new listeners, I'm like, Oh man, that's so cool. You know, that's, that's so cool. Is it 2 million? No. But who, who cares, man? It's so much fun. I hope that a lot more people um, that are listening to this can can take that experience that I had of, of all these things that have happened in my life to be in my mid-30s pre- like publishing my first album to be like, you know what? I can do it too. I might be 50. I might be 60. But I've been working on these songs for like 10, 20, 30 years. And I've always wanted them just to get out there. And you will feel so much better about getting that project done. So get out there, make music, you know, have fun with it. Have fun with your instrument, meet up with people, uh, learn new skills and just do it. And um, feel free to visit my website. It's uh, Titus Flamingo Records. It's uh, T-I-T-U-S, FlamingoRecords.com. And you can see all the artists that are on there. It's not that many. And then like bios and all that kind of stuff. And feel free to shoot me um, some some love on the social media. I got a Facebook, Instagram, all that all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, follow me, and we can we can link up and and network and you know f- and support each other. And that's another thing that I learned about this. That's like really cool. Is that like. The, um, the underground music scene or like uh, people out on Facebook and things like that, um, independent artists are really into like supporting one another. And if you can make that happen um, with other people in your area or online, it's really cool. It's a really cool spot to be in. Anyways, um, I think that's going to do it for this first episode. Thank you for tuning in. Again, my name is Drake and um, thanks, you know, thanks for... Thanks for your time and visiting us. So I think next week, I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about musicianship 
and about like things that I, I've done in the past or in and now that have increased my musicianship and um, over time things that I've noticed about like changes in the music industry not just about like things like DistroKid and and the things that I talked about in this podcast but about um, the change like the change in dynamics or like complication or like songs being like complicated things like that so yeah so stay tuned for that next week's episode and um again my name is drake signing off for drake martinez podcast thanks for tuning in bye